We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always updating assistant that can be called on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gems, dropping gems. Hey, welcome to the Dropping Gems podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Brown. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for choosing yourself first and foremost, because every moment that you spend with this show is a moment that you are investing in your own process, in your healing, and in all of the beautiful things that you will co-create in your life from this moment forward. So thank you for spending time with you and spending time with me. So this is part two of our beautiful conversation with the amazing spirit, spiritual teacher and yoga expert, author, healer, Jessamine Stanley. I have been loving sinking into all of the wisdom that Jessamine has cultivated and shared and all of the ways that she serves really for the collective ascension and betterment of us all 
So we are diving into part two now and make sure if this is really resonating, go ahead and share this episode with a friend, drop a comment on the IG or leave a comment. Here we go. The quote that's often said that I think is very often weaponized is, you know, I'm a, I'm a soul having a human experience. And I think that's that. You know, the thing about a lot of the beautiful teachings and I and and the quotings that we hear is you meet it at the level you have met yourself. And so your your ability to interpret, your ability to have discernment or to translate divine messages is still limited by how much healing that you have done or how deeply you know yourself. And so even those teachings can be weaponized against ourselves. And so it's so important to keep like investigating it, you know, and Always yes. seeing it from the new angle. Never be unwilling. Listen, I'm saying this shit for myself. I'm saying that I'm not trying to tell anybody else what to do. Never being afraid to go back to square one. Yeah. To just be in the the newness of it. The um, God. Mm. I think because there's this desire to always master or to like get mm. to some kind of stopping point. And the reality is that if you are still in the game of life, the game is not over yet. And it is still, there's still plenty to learn and you can go back to level one right now. And it is always level one. It's always, there's never any kind of, the truth is so simple and complex that you have to start from the beginning every single day. And it doesn't even matter what you have, what you knew before. Like it's, it's irrelevant because, because wow. you change, because you evolve. And that really is the beauty of being in this duality. Like being this, this world, it's amazing. It is so sad sometimes, but it is amazing. And I think that like, it's, there's never any preparation for how, there's never any like, I mean, there is preparation for, but there's never any real preparation for like the true depth of sadness that it can and will get to. Like if you, the longer you live, the more there, the more whatever the next sad thing is going to be, is going to be sad. And it's just like, that part of it is, um, it is a tough pill to swallow. And I think that um, I understand all of us having different reactions to that, you know, like everybody coming to a different conclusion about that truth. But mm-hmm. I feel like the more that it can, or at least my plan of attack, when, I, when I'm practicing over here, is just like be in the beginning, fall over, stumble, flat on your face, bloody nose nurse your hurt knee get back up try to toddle again god i love that god that's beautiful every day as the beginning but the way the way i'm experiencing you say that i feel it in my cells you know because i think and again i think this goes to hmm there's so much here in what you just said um the depth in being willing to begin, the depth in being willing to be a novice each day is the mastery, is what I'm hearing and what you said. That ability 
You are arriving as the master when each day you strip yourself and begin anew. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. But it's so hard when you're also a know-it-all Hermione Granger at the same time. I mean, let's just do all these things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only human. Good God. Anyway. Well, and yeah, it's so, you know, with the human piece, um, it's like what I what I surmise out of that quote um, of, you know, we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. I chose to be human right now. And so I have to honor that. My spirit chose to be human. So I have to also honor my human, which does mean to something you shared earlier, I can get mad. I can get pissed off at this place. I can, being in acceptance, and I think, and I hope that for someone listening, this in some way gives a freedom. Being in acceptance doesn't mean it's your preference. You know, like being in deep acceptance of something or the world, it doesn't mean that you like it. And it doesn't mean that it's where you want to stay. And it doesn't mean that it's your preference. You know, it it just means I'm accepting that this is right now in this moment, whatever a moment is, whatever time is, that this is what is. And I can still diligently move towards more, but I can't do it from a space of againstness for what is currently unfolding. There has to be a gratitude that even if I don't understand this, and also even if I don't like it, I have a trust that it's serving a higher purpose and a higher vision than I have access to as this current version of me. Mm. I think that that is the thing that is least under or most misunderstood about acceptance is that Mm. you don't have to like it to accept it. Like you say, in fact, nobody said anything about liking anything. It's just, it's a di- totally different concept. But I think that acceptance and happiness have somehow been equated with one another. And so there's this thing of like, like, well, I'm accepting, so I gotta be happy. No, you can be pissed about it. And and you don't, there's this um and honestly, I wouldn't know if this is like specifically an American thing or not, but I think at least in America, there is a feeling of like, like you want to constantly be doing better, like always be on the, uh, on the, the path of growth and change. And that if you decide to accept, then that is the opposite of growth and change. Mm-hmm. And that no, you should never be accepting. You should always be seeking mm-hmm. something else. But if you, are constantly seeking something else and never accepting. How do you even know what you're working toward? How you're, you're not even present to what is actually happening. This is not shade on anybody else. This is self shade. Like, I think that there's a feeling of like, like I have to, especially um, as an entrepreneur, as someone who shows up in capitalism, I think that there is this, constant check for me of like okay so like what is the motivation here what's going on what what does this really have to do with because i think that it can become about striving for striving's sake as opposed to like living in the truth and doing what the universe is asking but but then the the yoga practitioner in me is like but it's a circle though because you're still always doing what it should have been so I'll sit here literally talking myself into a circle all day about philosophy. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny. Like, I love that because that is what this is. And I think, you know, and that's the piece that I think 
people grow into an appreciation of when they are working with spiritual teachers and also people in mastery. It's like, I think we are always in existential crisis, right? Like we are in peace, but we are always in a profound philosophical debate inside of our minds during our experience. Sometimes I'll be out and people say like, why are you looking like that? Or sometimes I'll, I'll be sitting at a dinner and I can't help it. Like my eyes involuntarily shut and I'll just sit there like this. And I'm like, I, I am processing in real time. I am investigating. I'm seeing where what I just heard or shared landed. And then I'm, I'm sending some love there or I'm, I'm filing it away and saying, I will revisit this later. Um, I'm allowing it to be fed into my cells, you know, and that's what, you know, I guess that's also present moment awareness and what we strive to experience. But, you know, I, I think it's, it is so important for everyone to know and you share in the way that you have expressed here and also in your books. And I love that because it gives a permission like, yes, you are in mastery. Yes, you are a spiritual guide. You are a teacher. You are a light worker for this planet. And you are in your destiny and in your dharma right now in a, in a massive way. And you are also constantly in a philosophical debate with self. You are also constantly investigating even the things that you firmly believe. You know, there is this always this expression of, softness and rigidity and opening. Um, and it's just, it, I mean, I just have to say from experiencing you in this moment, it's absolutely exquisite. And I feel really grateful. I'm so curious about two things. One, what your sun moon rising signs are. And two, if you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert or neither. <laughs> I love these questions. So first, um, I'm a double Gemini with the Leo rising. Very interesting. That was a sneak attack. Okay, I need the whole natal chart. We're going to be friends. I know. Sorry after this, please. Do we want to talk about galactic origins? Because there's there's many a place. I come from the sun, from the central sun. Um, also, Hadarian, Octarian. There's so many. Very interesting. You know, I do consider myself to be an extrovert, but I, by nature of my human experience, I'm an only child raised by a single parent. I was a latchkey kid and walked myself home and took care of self. And so the nature of that also means that though I'm an extrovert, I am always firmly planted inside of my body in my process or it at least when, even when I wasn't inside of my body, inside of my head. Um, so yeah, always an investigation. Wow. I love how a Gemini extrovert could, could show up that way because that Ooh, makes perfect sense to be, well, to be in your own head, like to be thinking a lot. That, that to me is like deep trademark of the Gemini's in, in thought, but to be in thought and also like, Really, that that would create a very specific expression of extroversion. I just think it's fascinating. Wow. But I, I definitely identify as an introvert. And so what you were saying about just closing your eyes in conversation with people, that is like the, to be, when I'm able to do that and know that it's okay or well I guess it's not even really that it's more like I don't care it's it's, it's close, somewhat closer to I don't care but being able to feel that to me it's like 
such a blessing at this stage because I think there is a, not much need for talking most of the time. I think there's more of a need yeah. for, at least for me, there's a need to receive. And I think that I feel a lot of pressure to speak and that, that it comes from oh, that. Yeah. But I feel like that experience of just being able to fully receive what any other human being is expressing is just such a gift. And it, it really only ever comes from me personally through silence. So I identify with that deeply. Are you all about the NBA action? You gotta try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Nissan has a car for everyone. And that means every driver who wants more. Whatever your more is. More freedom. More head-turning style. More exhilaration. Nissan has it. Get more exhilaration behind the wheel of the Nissan Z, the sports car built to deliver the most thrilling drive ever. Make more moves with the Nissan Rogue that can switch between power and fuel efficiency at the press of the pedal. If you're craving more adventures with your crew, try the Nissan Pathfinder, the vehicle with the muscle to help you handle the journey. Want more of a rush with your drive? Zip around in the agile and stylish Nissan Sentra. And for a drive that's positively more electric, the Nissan Aria has the perfect combination of raw power and refined luxury. When you want more of what makes driving exciting, from sports cars and sedans to EVs, pickups and crossovers, you can rely on Nissan because more is all we do. To get the endless excitement and the more you've been looking for, check out Nissan's amazing lineup. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 2023 EPA fuel economy estimates. 30 city MPG, 37 highway MPG, 33 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV front wheel drive. 28 city MPG, 35 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV all wheel drive. 29 city MPG, 36 highway MPG, 32 combined MPG for Rogue SL and platinum front wheel drive. 28 city MPG, 34 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue SL and platinum all wheel drive. Actual mileage may vary with driving conditions. Use for comparison only. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. 
And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I would love um, to talk with you about one of my favorite subjects, which is cannabis. Oh, yes. And talking about... (laughs) Right. And can I... I think this might be the first time I've said this publicly, but I was late to the cannabis train. I actually... um, I didn't even start till my 30s. Hell yeah. That sounds... That is beautiful. I love that. So I started... um, my like regularly in my early twenties, but that to me, and even now talking to like weed heads, I feel like that's pretty late too. And, but I appreciate adulthood for like really being the space of reckoning with this plant that like, yeah, you just really need is the end result, honestly. And I think that um, there's more, there's more debate on this topic than is absolutely necessary because I'm like it just is we all are we all need to be healing ourselves and this is something that is such a huge part of that it's also like one of my most favorite topics in this world so I'm excited (laughs) (laughs) you know what I found it to be um such a beautiful spiritual experience. And I think even being able to surrender to my enjoyment of it was for me part of my spiritual process, Um, especially because of the stigmatization around it and also like the structures of oppression and and growing up and watching people lose their lives, literally, or lose their freedom, literally, because of this natural growing plant that God gave to earth. And so then there's also to me a little bit of um, anger that I process that comes up when I see how like everyone is so, oh, weed and oh yeah, have a weed bath bomb and this and da, 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 da. And it's like, cool, cool. People have died. Like people have lost so much when this was when this was marred and when this was showcased under a lens of evil, wrong, lazy, um, criminal. And it's like, now it's just, oh yeah, go to your, I'm in LA. So it's like, oh yeah, go across the street and, and they'll bring you some sparkling water with Indica and they'll do, and you're just like, wow. Like the reckoning of it being such a sacred indigenous practice. And then capitalism criminalizes it and millions of people have been forever changed in a negative light because of it. And then now it's like having its moment in the sun even that duality and that is so um, sometimes really challenging to be in the intersection of. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, it's all, it is being in states where cannabis is legal that I have been most like that. That is where uh, my organization, We Go High, was born, was go- out of going to states where it's legal and seeing this gentrification of weed where it's like, it's gentrification of weed culture. It's complete disrespect for the people who have been 
consistently using this plant for way longer than I could even count. And being just seeing it be like, oh yeah, no big deal, you know, it's no problem. And then in the same states to see this beyond the legal market, this the stigma of what it means to be a cannabis user still prevails. And the effects, the second and third degree effects of cannabis prohibition, incarceration, to your point, the number of people that are impacted from just what could seem like relatively small incidents are life altering for so many people. And just to continue to see that like it's marginalized as a conversation, I was like, we got to do something. And it cannot be about trying to make any plant legal. The plant doesn't <laughs> law with, this is beyond the legal system. This we're really talking about like what it means to take care of yourself as a human being mm. and that all human beings deserve to have this. It shouldn't be like only if you have a terminal illness or only if you like are able to have the resources to go to this dispensary in this state. Like, no, it's gotta be that. And it can't be that it's okay to talk about it only when you are like at the dispensary or with your friends who also smoke weed or whatever. It needs to be on the same tip that someone could say, I take Allegra it should be like, I enjoy wedding cake. Like that is the level. It can't be something that, that you have to, I mean, if this is me pretending as though cannabis and spirituality have not always moved in tandem, the being able to cleanse and sweep out the, um, talk about coming home to yourself and being in your own body, like being able to even remember that this is a body. (laughs) It's not just something that it's not all that there is. It's, it's a meat suit that it's a rental meat suit that. Really, like, kind of anything can happen to it. It's like, it's whatever. Like, it belongs to this earth. And we're not always on this earth. So, like, it really doesn't even matter what happens to it. And it is so hard to remember that when you, like, when your mind has got you so invested in the physicality of this experience. But, like, it's just not even about that. And cannabis really makes that a lot easier to understand. But I think that that idea, um, you said something about um, having to give yourself over to the, to enjoying it. Like that idea of being able to enjoy it. That is something that I think is really difficult for people because we live in a world that is not about being happy. It's about being sad. And it, it, capitalism specifically really profits off of us feeling sad. And so you think like something makes me happy, especially a medicine that makes me happy. Fuck that. Gotta be something wrong with that. That's, that's not good. That's, that's something dangerous. And it's like, that's that's how it should be. (laughs) You should be happy. We're supposed to enjoy, you know? And then it's such a beautiful opportunity to investigate the againstness we have to our own joy and the way that we are influenced without fully understanding the things that are shared with us. That was a big takeaway for me because real. I mean, I grew up, I'm born in the 80s, so I grew up with the D.A.R.E. campaign and I believed it. I was like, not my brain on drugs. I'm not about to be that egg, you know, <laughs> right? I had my D.A.R.E. shirt on with the lion and I was like, say no. 
And, you know, and, and not to take away from that, that was powerful because, you know, it, it also kept you from other drugs that are not medicines of the earth. Um, but I remember being so judgmental, so judgmental about people that smoked. And I thought it was actually a badge of honor to say, oh, I don't smoke. No, I don't smoke. You know, I used to work in the entertainment industry. So everywhere I was, people go to hand you a blunt. Oh, I don't smoke. And I thought that that somehow was me being like different and special and I'm so mature and like, and then I was like, oh, you have deprived, when I started smoking a couple years ago, I said, oh, you have deprived yourself your whole life. (laughs) I said, oh, baby, you poor thing. You could have been used this. You could have been had this joy. Mm, 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 mm. But it is here now. God, yeah. you. please continue. No, and I'm sorry. And, and as a tool, and I, and I really bring this forward because, and I shared this at the beginning of our conversation, um, seeing you light up before you did your spiritual experience with yourself was beautiful to behold. And it was the first time I had seen it done. And this is a couple years ago when I first found your page. It was the first time I had not just seen it done, but seen it done in front of an audience and in front of an audience that wasn't, to your point, like-minded people, other enthusiasts, other people that were connected to their spiritual self. And so the freedom in that, the freedom in that, and and I'm sure it might have felt just you being you, but the freedom of you being you as a lighthouse for others, like... That was actually profound to witness, and it it extended such a permission. Um, and now in my practice, it's I I am so proud to say how grateful I am for for cannabis. I'm so grateful that cannabis exists. It has saved me in so many ways, and it has given me such a deeper layer of access to me. And you know the, and sometimes it's it's as simple as. I feel like smoking because it's a beautiful day and I want to I want to experience this a little more deeply. Or it's I'm doing a sacred ritual and ceremony and I've meditated for an hour and now I've lit up my altar and now I am invoking things and I'm smoking so that I can journey and so that I can go, you know, set an intention and say this is what I'd like to explore, like help me heal this. And then I have that sacred container to now rest within myself, you know? Um it's it's a beautiful tool. It's a beautiful gift. Um, yeah. That so is I, exactly I, right. That is, I just think, I mean, okay. So in, in my book, Yoke, My Yoga of Self-Acceptance, I wanted to talk about plant medicine, but specifically about cannabis, because I felt like this is one of the most important parts of my spiritual life. And I think it's a the one of the cornerstones of my personal wellness is a daily practice for me. It's something that allows me to actually do all of this. It's how I'm able to put on all of these different hats and be present in different environments. And I think that there is so much fear of this stigma that is deeply racialized and very much uh, used as a tool to control other human beings. And I was just like, we, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And it's no, it has been a very profound journey of self to share that practice with other people and to share 
what it looks like for me to be um, smoking weed at my house before and after yoga, before and after bed, like wherever, whenever. To really share that has been very, um, especially to share it with an audience that is not does not hold the same values, does not always hold the same values. Um, it is something that it's been an incredible practice for me to really be true to myself and to really be authentic and to see what it means for my authentic self to be offensive to other people and to see what that looks like to know that the logic that people have to dislike what I'm doing really at the end of the day has nothing to do with me. And this is me validating it instead of pointing out the fact that it is all based on lies and has nothing to do with the truth. But like, let's pretend for a moment that's not the case. It has nothing to do with me, someone else's opinion. And just being able to actually show what the practice looks like that to me feels like the whole reason to even be on social media. It's like, is the point of social media for people to like me? No. The point of social media is to be honest and to be real. And that, that is the, that as a motivator and as a piece of my personal practices has been very revealing in a way that I'm grateful for. Wow. How does that piece um, look in practice and in process? You know, because it's really interesting, you know, one of the things I think when when people are on the road of healing, a piece of understanding our emotional regulation is like existing and other people not having to honor your truth or, you know, the quote that we see sometimes on social media of like, I'm in therapy because all the people in my life that are not in therapy or, finding <laughs> a new tribe or, you know, it's like you have to put that in practice when you are just on your your personal internal journey. But for someone as a light worker and a soul led leader um, with a large platform, it's not just the people in your life. It's the perceived againstness. It is the projections. It is the experiencing of other people who are being awakened and are fighting that awakening within themselves as they experience um, you and, and other light workers that that are projected upon in that kind of communal space. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's millions of people, right? It's not just your family of origin or your coworkers. It's millions of people. Um, how how does one clear themselves of that, release themselves of that, um, come into a space of divine acceptance with that at that level? I th that's exactly what I was going to say is that I think it is all just acceptance. I think it's all being like, it's like, okay, so I too am uh, – one of Nancy Reagan's kids, one of the dare kids. Like I, I wish I'd saved. if I'd known how dope it would be now to have that black with the rainbow dare logo shirt still, I would have <laughs> that from, from fifth grade. But I was definitely, I was like PCP marijuana, same thing, not doing either. Like I was just like, yeah, this sounds great. 
So I have to accept that there is a narc that lives inside of me. You know what I mean? Like I have to, I have to own that that she's there and she comes to she comes to she comes to dinner. She's always got her pants pulled up really tight and she's ready to tell on everybody. And she wants to be the, she wants to know the most. She is the smartest bitch in the room. She always knows everything and I got to own her. And she, that's who I am. And I say, you know, we love her too. You know, her pants are up very high. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. She is a know-it-all. That's it. It's true. And it's okay. And then when in the acceptance of it, because again, it's like, you don't have to like it. Like, I don't have to like, I don't have to like her to be her. And whoa, accepting that whoa, piece. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> you know? whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I don't have, Oh, my God. I don't have to like her to be her. Because she is, that, that's a part of me. And I'm like, I got to own her just like I own all the other parts. And that. That's that's so much of what any of this, like showing anybody that part of my life is literally like just trying to own her and really be like, you know what? I'm not, it's, yes, I, yes, I see her, I see. And so that it makes me, that's, that has been the, the font of compassion for anyone else who says like, you know, you are promoting this drug that is dangerous and that stuff and I'm like you know what I feel you because I feel the same way (laughs) but at the same time there is another part of me that knows that is not the case and I own her too and we gonna all have dinner together and that's just what it is but (laughs) you I mean you said something that is going to be for another day to unpack but the Wow. You said, I don't have to like her to be her. I don't have to like her to be her. I have to sit with that. Um, That can be applied to so damn much when we think of coming into acceptance with ourselves, right? Like, because then it's like, once you take that layer off, it's you create the spaciousness to invite in liking her and seeing her through a new lens but to be willing to be oneself is the first step Woof. and it's like you can't even you you have to just be willing to say she's there it's mm-hmm. fine she's there Jessamine, it has been um, a complete honor to spend this time with you. And I know my audience is familiar, but whoever has not gotten it yet, Yoke My Yoga of Self-Acceptance. It is in stores right now. Um, Jessamine is the founder of The Underbelly, of Dear Jessamine, of We Go High, and you can find her on Instagram. I highly recommend connecting with every single facet and fiber of her life's work. It has been such a joy to be with you. Thank you so much. You honor me. I am humbled. I'm so grateful to be in community. Thank you. Literally, anytime, any place, I'm there. Hit me up. Big thank you. And I cannot wait to check in next week. A little soul work for everybody. So a little way to ground this beautiful conversation if you have the time today or in the days that follow. I would recommend finding a moment to really be alone with your body. And so that can be clothed, 
that can be unclothed, um, but in a private space in a way that feels really nourishing for you, do some slow stretching. And as you do it, really feel your body. Do it without expectations. Don't rush. Find a time where you can really kind of ease into this practice. Maybe spend 15 to 30 minutes doing it. Maybe turn on some music or light a candle. But just really explore the way your body feels. So if you want to lift your arms and stretch, if you want to bend, if you want to move, carve out some dedicated time to do just that. Give yourself a massage. Put on lotion or oil with intention. Allow yourself to do some deep breathing as you're doing these stretches. Big inhales, deep, full exhales. And really give yourself the gift of your own attention and time. Hope you get a chance to do that. Big love. love. Namaste. 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 Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown, that's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always updating Assistant that can be called on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. 
from breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.